Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Peter Badger. Peter, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. Let's go. Let's go. Peter is an agripreneur. He's the chief strategy officer at Farmfolio. They're an organization making investing in farmland easy. Excited to have you on, Peter. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Um, so I am a father to two teenage daughters. My partner, Kiki, and I have, she has two uh, early 20s sons. So we do a lot of what we do for them, trying to be a good role model and show the possibilities in life, make them independent adults. We're at that stage. Um, but uh, outside of that, myself and Kiki, we love to travel and we invest in alternative assets, having been burnt a couple of times in the stock market dips. Nice. I appreciate that. So I think that if you're like most folks, like me, you've been hearing over the past couple of years that people have been buying farmland and it sort of makes you scratch your head and you think, okay, that's interesting. Never really thought about that. And then you think about it and you still can't really get your brain around it. So break it down for us, Peter. No, I mean, you nailed it. So the reason I got into this crazy journey of farmland is because I, I spent 18 years on Wall Street. I was in the bubble you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. I lost 90% of my portfolio in the dot-com bust. Lost another swathe in the global financial crisis. And I then went to Silicon Valley, went through a full VC, Series A, Series B, got acquired. And at the end of that journey, I was like, I do not want the assets that I've just spent eight years building to disappear due to sentiment-based trading on Wall Street. Hmm. In a and that was when I started reaching out to my peers, my network, and I said to all my, you know, Silicon Valley startup, you know, people who had like three or four acquisitions and, you know, they've been through it. And I said, what do you do to basically keep and grow your wealth? And they all said, we all make our money in private or public company stock and then invest the gains in real assets, real mm-hmm. estate, farmland, and other type instruments. And so then the question became like, yeah, well, you know, I get real estate, but why farmland? And a couple of them said, you know, the thing you don't realize, um, you know, because we are the little people in reality, the thing we don't realize is that, uh, you know, the, the very high net worth individuals, um, I was told by a couple of senior asset management people that they hold between eight and 14% of their wealth in agriculture. Hmm. And that's because it's, you know, intergenerational wealth. Because the key to agriculture is that you, you know, for permanent crops, you can plant a coconut tree, wait five years for it to produce coconuts, and it produces coconuts for 60 to 80 years straight. And so by owning agriculture, they're not only passing wealth through the and completely uncorrelated asset. And I mean, seriously uncorrelated, because it doesn't matter if real estate prices go up, people still need to buy food. You know, stock market crashes, you know, you're still getting your Corona with a lime in at the end of the day, you know? So <laughs> it's kind of one of those things which, you know, when you, when you finally find it out, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. And so, you know, to your question, George, how do you get involved in it? So I sat there, I'm like, okay, yeah, thanks for telling me that. That's not very useful. Right. <laughs> um, and then I went on this crazy, so, so me and Kiki love to travel and we love to invest internationally. So we spent the best part of three years um, going to you know Eastern Europe, 
Latin America trying to find farmland investments because ultimately you can't make money in the US. The yields are too low. Hmm. Land is too expensive. Labor is too expensive. The climate is a mess, especially on the West Coast. And generally, uh, most farmland in the US is owned by very high net worth individuals or very large private companies. So you can't access it as an individual. Um, so, you know, that's what started our journey is how do I kind of think about, and, and so I'm curious to know from your perspective, George, from an asset allocation, how do you view asset allocation in your portfolio today? How do you view that for yourself? Well, I, I think I, I think just traditionally we, we think about it like equities and fixed income and then alternative assets. Yeah. Um, and so when you think about the game has changed, you know, I'm early 50s, you know, I feel like I'm 30. But I'm, you know, I've been through 30 years of these cycles and the old, you know, in the 90s, the 60-40, you know, equity bond portfolio has now become 90-10 and even 100-0, you know, bonds aren't performing. Yeah. So the game has changed for all of us. And therefore, I'm down the alternative asset route because I keep, you know, a third in the stock market for liquidity. I put about 40 to 50% in U.S. real estate. And then a good portion of the remainder is in overseas agriculture. And the reason I do that is because Stomach is going to do what it's going to do. <laughs> you know, you can't control it. You have no control. U.S. real estate is a steady eddy. You get cash yields and appreciation. Um, you know, it's, it's equation driven. You know, if you buy the right property in the right market with the right fundamentals, the right property manager, it's a, it's a spreadsheet, and an equation. Um, then, okay, we're stood here today. I want to pass my wealth on to my next generation. Um, am I worried about 30 trillion in debt? Yep, I am. Am I going to like completely change my asset allocation because of it? No, but let's take a portion of my asset allocation and find an asset class, which is not only not correlated with the, all the other stuff I own, but it's also overseas and outside the US dollar. And that's why Kiki and I went on this crazy travel journey to try and find providers um, who offer agriculture as an asset to people like you and me. Nice. All right. So you've got this, this immense amount of experience on Wall Street. You've, you've, you've worked inside the belly of the beast, and then you actually started and, and grew and sold uh, in, in, in an organization and then talked to smart people. And they said, farmland, you said, oh, awesome. How? And recognize that the United States is not necessarily going to provide that. So you and Kiki get on the plane and, 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 and you start hopping around. Um, that must have been a, a fascinating experience. I don't even like how, how did you even know who to talk to, I, I guess. But then I, I guess what I want to get to is how, how, how is the deal structured? Who, who owns what? How do, I, how do I participate if I'm not a citizen of, of, of these places? Yeah, so you, you basically, there's a large English-speaking expat contingent in every major foreign city. Um, there's always organizations marketing um, your asset class. And you kind of like, you know, so we go to Medellin, Colombia, you go to Panama City in Panama, you go to, you know, you know Belize, Placencia, you know, Lima. You can just start going, hitting the major cities, and you always find somebody selling something. Um, now, most of these things in the past were private equity or you know, syndications. And so you would club your money together with 50 other people 
And this local person, often a gringo, as we call them, um, will be there with some local knowledge. Maybe they're married to a family in that country and you know, they now speak Spanish and you know, they find some land from some you know, relative and they start to plant a crop. And then they say, okay, now let's raise some money from us in a syndication basis and make this successful. Now, the reality is, is that um, honestly, we lost our money in probably one of every two deals in a two-year period. And that's because I realized on this journey, it's like when you go into an asset class, because there isn't the education out there, like multifamily, single family, you know, buying gold, silver, you could find education everywhere for this for free, YouTube, mentors, you name it. There's nothing for agriculture. So I had to go through and learn that myself, trial and error. You know, and so I, I say I've had a, a, an MV ag um, and it took losing a bit of money to work out what was what. And I realized very quickly, actually, that people aren't necessarily um, fraudulent or corrupt going into it. They just are fairly aspirational and believe they can pull something off, which they don't necessarily have the full background in doing. So anybody can go overseas, buy some cheap land, try and plant some crop and hope they'll work out how to sell it by the time the fruit grows five years later. But honestly, I call this hope ag investing because you're hoping they'll work out how to do it by the time the fruit gets produced five years from now. Um, and I've just found this model to be pretty terrible. Um, so our journey ended up actually with a company called Farmfolio. I mean, I started investing in their deals in 2016, 2017, 2018. And what they and we do differently now, I've put my Farmfolio cap on from Peter and Kiki traveling South America. Um, we basically reverse engineered it. We built a pack house for limes, for instance, and then said to all the Colombian farmers, South America, deliver your limes to our pack house door. We'll wash them, sort them, pack them, and export them to the States. We'll give you the double the price you normally would in the Colombian market. And they say, okay, we'll start delivering some. We start to pay them cash. And then we go around the US and talk to the big retailers, the wholesalers, and basically start to sell that fruit. And that means you've taken away all the farm development risk because the farms exist, they're producing limes, you're just packing and selling them. And then what we do in the final stage of this is we then go back and we buy the farms back from the farmers. We break them into individual parcels or lots and we sell them as real estate to regular people like you and me. So this is non-accredited, anybody can buy it. And so the way to think about this is from, from a you know, farmland ownership perspective with Farmfolio, instead of buying a plot of land with a single family rental where you get rental income, you're buying a plot of land that's being managed. The lines are being sold in Walmart, Costco, Trader Joe's, Albertsons, Publix, the major growers in the US. And there are 220 Tahiti lime trees on your land harvesting limes year after year. You're getting harvest income instead of rental income. That is the model. That is how we've actually built this at Farmfolio. And that's why I joined the company a year ago, having invested in their deals for five years straight. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> well, that, that, that's pretty cool. Congratulations on, uh, on sort of figuring that out and, and, and then structuring it the way that you did. Um, so my experience, let's just use me as an example. I say, this is great. How do I, how do I get in? How do I get started? Yeah, so farmfolio.net um, slash George, head over there. 
um, basically you'll you'll see the farms currently offering. And so the process is simple. Um, go to the website, look at the farms available, click through, read about them. There'll be a brochure. It'll talk through the farm and ownership model, um, how it runs, distributions, financials for these farms. And basically you can then just click on it and chat to one of myself or the sales team. We'll talk you through it. And, you know, it's, the, the price for a farmland lot is different based upon tree age, the yield that's happening based upon that tree age, the crop type, you know, coconuts, limes, you got to choose the crop you're interested in. Um, and basically you, you buy a farmland lot for between $32,000 and $65,000. And, and, and the goal really is to get people a 12 to 18% annual cash yield year after year for decades. Um, owning agriculture. Nice. Okay. So I go to the site, I, I check out all the different plots or is that the term? Yeah. Lots. Lot, them. The different yeah. lots, that, different lots that are available. They range roughly speaking from 32,000 to 65,000. And there's information about why it is that a coconut tree is better than an XYZ tree or whatever it might be in the current production, the age of all those things and the X and what the hope is, or the desire is that you get a 12% annual cash, 12 to 18% annual cash yield into perpetuity. Yeah, that's it. And so it's very straightforward. So the thing we like to say is, you know, you've got a portfolio, you know, don't commit everything to farmland. I mean, it is an amazing asset class, but take a small portion of your asset allocation, you know, five, 10%, just like you would, you know, put 5% in Bitcoin. Trust me, you should be putting 5% in farmland instead, because at least this isn't volatile in that way, you know? So take 5% asset allocation, buy a couple of farm lots and add a farm folio to your portfolio. So, so I am... I I pick out um, I, I pick out some coconut trees for fifty thousand dollars, and I am buying that now from from your entity because Farmfolio acquired this from the local farmer, and then now I am taking ownership from Farmfolio. Correct. And then the key to this whole thing is they've seen this farmland model work in the past. Some places where I lost lost money early on. Um, the entire goal is that. You shouldn't be just farming your lot and receiving the proceeds for the harvest of your lot. Farms are designed to be farmed at scale. So we farm the farm as it was originally purchased at scale, all the lots together. But you as a titled landowner are part of what we're calling a cooperative or farm owners association. And so you're all together in this group. We farm it in its entirety. And let's say there's a hundred lots, for your lot, you would get one hundredth the income minus one hundredth of the expenses, and that way we farm at scale the way farming is meant to be done, and we share in the proceeds of that activity through a third-party farm management team. Got it. And that seems like an important thing, right? Yeah. That uh, that there's <laughs> that that, that and, and it makes sense that we'd all be there so that all of a sudden the farmers don't just you know decide to walk away and then I just am owning a bunch of coconut trees in, in South America. That's right. So I mean real estate, I tell people, you know, listen, if you decide to hire a third party property manager, your investment funds will live or die based upon the property manager's performance. That is the biggest problem in real estate. 
And it's the same in farm management. And so what we do is with our, you know, we've got 155 people down there in Colombia as one country. Um, we have pack house people, we have agronomists, we have, you know, administrative staff, we have a whole bunch of people who are responsible for going out and finding those um, high-end multi-generational farming families uh, with the skills and the breadth to manage these farms at production scale we have. So Nice. Um, I, I can't help but just ask the question, what was it like uh, building a distribution facility in Colombia and then telling the United States, hey, I just built this big distribution thing in Colombia. I'm going to bring in fruit. Uh, so we built the pack house during the pandemic. Amazing by the team because they shut down construction in Colombia like everywhere else for three or four months. Um, and we went live probably um, October of 20. And we are now shipping seven to 10 containers of Tahiti limes a week into Philadelphia to be sold through all these stores, the retailers on the East Coast. And, you know, we are the, now the number one exporter of Tahiti lime from Colombia. We'll add coconuts to that very soon. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing because the retailers are looking for a steady supply. The thing that people don't realize about agriculture, if they're not in it, is that if you think about it, Brazil and Mexico are the biggest citrus providers in the world. All of the Mexican citrus goes straight um, into the States. All the Brazilian goes to Europe. But they are seasonal. They have massive, you know, summertime produce. But we as American consumers, you know, you look down Costco and Walmart, you're not saying, oh, let's wait for the summer months to get those, you know, Mexican limes. You say, I want it in December, you know, for Super Bowl and all this other stuff that's coming in January. And so um, Colombia, we have different altitudes and we have fruit production all year round because of it. So we're able to actually supply seven to 10 containers right now easily to the East Coast on a, you know, 52 week basis. And that's why it was easy to sell the major retailers on receiving our juicy Colombian limes. Love it. Well, Peter, people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Um, born upon my experience the past seven years in far-flung lands, um, it is trust but verify. Shame on us if we accept a nice, glossy marketing brochure and a tip from a friend or a family member or somebody we work with. Verify the data. Everything these people tell you in the marketing brochure, go deep, ask them questions. If you don't know what the questions are, find someone who knows what questions to ask. Um, trust me, if you don't go deep on questioning the marketing brochure, you've got a higher chance of losing your wealth. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Peter, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you and Kiki's adventure and putting this thing together and now bringing it out to the world. That's super exciting. How can people learn more? How can they get involved? Yep. So go to farmfolio.net slash George. Um, learn all about farmland ownership made easy. Our goal is to democratize farmland ownership. So anybody can buy a title piece of real estate with 200 coconut or lime trees on. And uh, yeah, and if you reach, want to be reaching me directly, peter at farmfolio.net. And I appreciate you having me on today, George. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Peter your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out farmfolio.net and we'll put the landing page in the notes of the show and um, get in touch and find out if it's something that, uh, that makes sense for you. 
Thanks again, Peter. All right. I'll see you down in Columbia one day. <laughs> and until next time, keep fighting Bye-bye. the good fight. So we are all in this together. <laughs>